All I expected was just to walk through the canyon and mark it off a bucket list. And then God met me. That canyon, the experience in the canyon, was like the catalyst for a change in my marriage, in our family, in our business. And it was all because we said yes, and he said, okay, let's do more. And he kept saying, we have, I have more for you, just keep walking with me. Rim to Him is our outdoor fundraising event where we train people to cross the Grand Canyon in one day. We had nine weeks worth of training. We also had nine weeks of soul care, which was amazing. And we also got to have small groups with other people that were doing the Rim to Him. And it was very planned out and it was just like there was so much trust in it that we knew the Revelation Wellness had done this and they'd done it well and we could just trust the process. I just think without doing Ram to Him, I wouldn't have the peace I have. I just know that God met me in the canyon and like it was so clear, like I'm here. I will give you the grace you need for each day. I'm not gonna leave you. If you're concerned about the hike, don't be concerned about the hike <laughs> because there are people around you that are gonna just support you. Mm -hmm. God created all of this expansive, incredible canyon, and He made you, like for a unique purpose. And there's no one like you, and so you gotta come. Just don't quit, it's so worth it who you become on the other side of the canyon. Come join us as we cross the Grand Canyon in one day to find out that love is always greater than fear. Sign up today. Well, hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton. You just heard a short little promo video of Rim to Him. If you heard something that excited you there, something that you have interest in challenging yourself, but in the way of goodness, with the intention of growing in godliness, then you are invited to come to Rim to Him 2020. We have some spots open. For you, you can swipe up on the show notes and get all the details. Um, it's really incredible what happens when we actually go and do scary, maybe what seems challenging things that we never thought possible. But with God, it truly is possible. And with our training program. So it has been done and tried time and time again. I promise you, if you are interested at all, it is something to be looked into and prayed about, and we sure hope you will consider joining us for our fundraising trip of Rim to Him 2020. All right, so today I get to continue the story about my breast implants, part two. I left you with part one, and at that point I had them, and then fast forward to 15 years later. Now remember initially when I was told that these were not permanent, that they were temporary, and that about every 10 years or so, it's good hygiene and practice to change them out. <laughs> and that stuck with me. It stuck with me knowing that I would have them for a time and make another decision. Well, 10 years came and went, 11 years came and went, 12 came and went, and it was always on my mind. And at this point, my faith was growing. 
My faith was growing. And my body is changing. My affections were changing too, of course, because my faith was growing. The things that mattered most were shifting, and it was wonderful. And it was terribly hard time of life too. I had two young kids, uh, very, very much busy with taking care of them and as well as growing the ministry. And it was a very thick time in my life. There are many reasons that I could keep postponing it and pushing it out of my mind. I think though what was real, the impetus for the discussion in my mind to get real serious about what are we going to do, it was the fact that the word was changing me. The knowledge of Christ, his love for me was changing me. It was softening me. It was it was never shaming or condemning me. But something started to feel at odds with me and the implants. They felt less and less and less like me. And remember, from the day that I woke up in the operating room, I never really felt like they were a part of me. They were just kind of an enhancement, something you would put on top of you. <laughs> it was never me. And I, I don't know if this is an experience for other women. Maybe for some it's very different where it feels a, a part of you. It just never did for me. And as I was growing in identity as a child of God, a daughter of God, um, intimacy with my husband even felt a little more like, oh, I was kind of done playing dress up, I guess you could say, for me. So it was coming to a push. And every time I would get dressed or, you know, just I knew they weren't mine to keep or they would need to be replaced. Well, then fast forward. <laughs> One day, I get a phone call from a fellow Revelation Wellness instructor. Her name is Steph. Um, actually, I believe I got a text. And she just said, hey, would you pray for me? This is really sensitive topic. I haven't said it to many people, but I'm considering removing my breast implants. <laughs> and you can imagine when I saw that text, I was like, no way, no way. Oh my gosh, she's doing it. She's doing, she's doing the thing that I've been thinking about and have been too afraid to even think about for too long. So I immediately called Steph and we had a very lengthy conversation, a beautiful gospel-centered conversation of the real and the raw and the ugly of kind of like, how did we get here? How, how'd, this, how'd this happen? And not so much even dwelling on that, but okay, what's next for you, Steph? What, what, how can I pray? Tell me, what your, tell me your process. And I was telling her at that point too, I was considering it myself, but by the way, you don't, at that point, this was five years ago, there wasn't a lot of information on the, on the internet or it's not well documented or it's, you got to look to find, you can find a lot about implants putting in, but not explants, taking them out. So we, I just said, hey, keep me in the loop. I'm in, I'm praying, I'm considering myself. And she felt like the person who would kind of go before me and I could ask the questions. And I'm so grateful, so grateful to Steph. Steph, you're amazing. And so sure enough, she went through with the surgery and um, I do remember, you know, we prayed for the backside is always, we don't know what it's going to look like. 
And most importantly for, for myself and for her as a married woman, we were praying that our, our husband's eyes or her husband's eyes would, would see beauty. Like, Lord, just do an eye transplant. <laughs> Let them see beauty. Let them see beauty. And, you know, that's the fear. It's like you're going up against the Goliath in some way. But Steph had a wonderful husband who was very supportive. And so she had it done. And then I walked with her on that process and got to ask all my questions. And, and yes, of course, the day of her surgery or the day that she could remove the bandages from her surgery, how do they look? And I'm going to get to that in a minute. I will tell you as much as I can while keeping our rating very G, PG around here. So as Steph kind of had that ball and wheel in motion, I it became real forefront now in my mind. And it was scary, and I had to talk with the Lord a lot and journal, but it was becoming apparent. It's so interesting and crazy how one person's courage, one person's courage, whew, So thank you. I know those of you who email us and write in and say, Lisa, because of this ministry or because of this, because of that, because of your yes, my life has changed. I get it. It is true. It takes one person to put their foot in the moving water and then it splits and they don't get crushed by it to go, I can do it too. There's a way for me out as well, or there's a way through for me too. So... Next up, I knew was to tell my husband to let him know what I was thinking. He had no idea at this point. Now, remember, he met me as my original design. And then about four years in, I had the implants put in. So now it was time to tell him I'm considering going back. Um, and he knew that we were going to need to do surgery to to soon the financial investment of the surgery to take care of, you know, to have good care of my body. And, but we didn't really talk about it at length. We just kind of knew, you know, oh, hey, don't forget, put that on the calendar at some point. So one day he was walking down the hallway to go to work. And by the way, again, this whole story is over on the blog and you can swipe up and read a lot more of this in detail. And so he was walking by and I, I just said, Hey, I have something to ask you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you know, he's pretty busy. He's heading off to work. I said, well, you know how I've talked about the fact that I need to get these implants uh, replaced, removed and replaced. Yeah. Yeah. I said, well, I'm considering taking them out and going without them. And I remember he kind of cocked his head a little bit like, what? I said, yeah, I just don't feel like they're me anymore. And it was kind of quiet. And he said, so are you asking me what I prefer? To which my heart sunk because, no, I wasn't asking you what you prefer because I think it's pretty obvious. And please don't say what I think you're going to say. But then he said, well, if you're asking me what I prefer, then I would want you to keep them something like that. It was stated his preference. 
And I walked down the hallway and he left to work. And at this point, our marriage had been reconciling after many years of him being an atheist and the enemy almost destroyed our marriage. So everything felt really tender and vulnerable for me, anywhere to let him in. And I remember I'd asked the Lord, like, Lord, you've got to get him on board. If you, if this is your desire for me, you've got to get him on board. So as he walked away, my heart crushed and fell. And I went into the bathroom. I took a shower and I remember just crying, like being like, there it is, Lord. I can't, I can't, I can't even do this. And I told you I needed his support. And it was maybe like five minutes or so in the bathroom, the shower's on and I'm doing that hot water shower cry and not obnoxious, but tearing up. And I'm letting the Lord know about, you know, kind of feeling let down. And all of a sudden my husband walks back in and he says, hey, I did that wrong. I love you no matter what. I love you with, without. So whatever you want is what I want. And I just stood there stunned and he walked out and I, (laughs) now the tears came again because this was monumental in two ways. One, the fact that my husband turned around and came back and did it right. Remember he was eight, almost 10 years as an atheist. That was the Holy Spirit that checked him to say, hey, you did that wrong. Go back and tell her this. (laughs) And he did. And he came back. No one else prompted him. That was just the Holy Spirit that came back. Right. I love that. I love uh, now, man, that's so good because our response is often in the flesh about our flesh, especially about our flesh. But he had a, a change of heart, a repentant moment. And so that was enough to just make me cry. Go, my gosh, God, you're here. The fact that he came back because that was not normal practice. And then the second thing was, this is happening. Okay. Okay. And some of you might say, well, Lisa, that doesn't sound very reassuring. Like he kind of told you his preference, but I had to remember this was war. This was a spiritual battle for my freedom and for our marriage, for everything that it wasn't about what was seen. So, yeah, I would say sometimes those words try to stick in my side like a thorn. Even now, like maybe that's what he preferred. But I'll get to that in a minute because there have been evidence and truth of how much this has been God's will for my life. So next up was finding a surgeon. And that was not easy, friends. Not easy at all. I didn't go back to the surgeon who put them in only because I knew he's very well known for beauty enhancing. I just thought, I don't think, I don't think that's, I don't want to go back that way. Plus it was costly. Plus I just, not that I wanted to skimp on a surgery, but I, I just didn't feel that was the way to go. So I began a search to look for plastic surgeons. Um, little conversations here and there with people that were beginning to get catch wind of that I was doing this. And so I got to one surgeon, one of the first ones I went to, and I will never forget. Um, she looked at me and said, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I would like them out. And she said, why? Why would you want to do that? Because they don't, they just don't feel like me anymore. I just don't. 
just don't, I can't tell you other than I just don't feel like they're me. And she looked at me, cocked her head to the side, kind of boastfully said, well, I cannot do that for you because it is my job to make people more beautiful. And if I was to do that, that is not what I would be doing. It was gut punch, gut punch. I think I was shocked. I, I, I held it together. I said, okay, thank you. Got my clothes on, walked out the door, went into my car and bawled. Just there again. God, <laughs> you have to do this. That hurt. That one hurt. <laughs> At least, you know, and she wasn't going to, I don't think she was going to turn around and chase me out the door and say, hey, I got that one wrong. No, that one was a full-blown, 100% stamped and approved message of the world. This is not beauty. Phew. So in one way, I was more determined than ever that I was going to do this. And in another way, I was pretty dashed, like, who is going to do this and not make me feel terrible for doing it and also do a good job, <laughs> right? Like care for me as if I was any other patient and, and make beauty from ashes, right? So finally, a friend of mine heard you know, that I was looking for someone and gave me the name of a surgeon here in town and he was fantastic. I went to his office, afraid, of course. I'm just like, this is so vulnerable, what I'm doing. I mean, like, literally bearing my chest and having people make a decision on me about what they can or cannot do or what I could or could not expect. And it's just, whew, lots of prayers around me. My friends were so amazing at that time, those who knew. So I went in and he looked at me and he said, you know, it would be my honor to do this for you. I heard those words and went, you're the man for the job. This would honor you. Now, he was a plastic surgeon who, yes, he's done breast um, implants, enhancements, but a lot of um, surgeries to help people with cleft palates or crooked smiles or things where maybe um, he could help to restore back um, to something that was stolen, he could restore or he could enhance. But he just knew he was there as a servant. And by the way, he was a believer too. So I was so grateful. And he was honest with me about, you know, I asked him, so what's going to be there when we're all done? And he was very honest. Well, you know, probably not too much. <laughs> I don't know, you know, perhaps afterwards you might consider depending on, you know, a, if you wanted a lift. But he was really good about let's just let them heal a while and see what happens where a lot of doctors would be like, well, let's get you a lift and let's do this and hurry up to make beauty. Instead, he was like, let's take a slow patient route. Oh, was so kind. So he said, come, you know, head over with my assistant and we'll get you on the calendar and I'll see you soon. Great. So we walk into the office and now his assistant is this young, blue eyed, blonde haired, young, perfect you know, the specimen of young and beautiful, very sweet too. But she was in the consultation room and I could tell she was a little bewildered. Like, this is strange. And I don't know, perhaps she had implants, didn't, I don't know. But she did seem like this is, this is a unique consultation. Remember, I'm a fitness woman. I'm a woman whose body is fit and tone and it's all looking like it should. And I'm asking to do something 
backwards. So we go into the office to make the appointment. The young girl gets behind the desk and begins to search on the computer to look for some times that are open. And I'm staring out the window, which had a view of downtown Phoenix. And I remember just staring, being a little dazed and confused and excited. The emotions of this is happening. I found a great surgeon. He gets me. And oh my gosh, this is happening. I have a surgeon and I'm going to be in surgery soon all rumbling around inside of me. And as I heard the click of her fingers on the keyboard, uh, and the space was kind of quiet, I said to her, and these words came out of me, and I don't know where they came from, I just felt brave enough to say them. I said, so do you think I'm crazy? (laughs) And this sweet girl lifted her head, looked over at me, away from the computer screen, and she said, No, actually, I think you're quite brave. Mm. She is quite brave. I told that story somewhere, and uh, our gal Claire on social media, she writes a lot of posts for us. She actually made a shirt, and it says, She is quite brave. I still have that shirt today. She is quite brave. Maybe we should bring that shirt back. She is quite brave. Whew. So I went home, told my husband a few weeks later, we are rolling into the hospital. And I remembered taking one last stare in the mirror. I was wearing my shirt that is a be kind to you shirt. Or no, no, nope, not be kind to you. It was something brave or something. Oh, no, it was bold in the soul. I had a bold in the soul shirt on. I wore it that day like armor. And I looked in the mirror at the hospital, so I was changing into my gown, and I'm like, this is it. We'll never see this girl again. And she was a great girl. Like, I, it's also, I want everyone to hear, like, it's healthy to grieve. Like, that girl served a purpose in my life for a time. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for who she, that, that image, that person on the outside, what, who she was in my life, but she was no longer who I was. So I changed under the knife. I went again, this time woke up and I can remember this friends. And I've heard this often from people who get explants. I could breathe. I could breathe. I could breathe. Like, I felt lighter. Um, it just, I don't know how to, how to explain it. It's, it's just you, you, you again, you again, especially right on your heart, right on your heart space. Like it, it just opened and expanded for me. I was so free. I was so happy. I think there's a picture. I went home that day all bandaged up. And um, yeah, I knew I do. The picture is on the website. I think it's one of the very first blogs. It's me holding up my hand to the camera that just says free. Like I have the bandage on it. And all I know is I look in the mirror and with my bandages on and I'm bandaged and, you know, which compresses. I am flat, like flat, flat, flat. And all that came to mind as I looked in the mirror was this big smile, big smile. And it was flat as a board and free as a bird. (laughs) flat as a board and free as a bird. 
I was so happy. Now, I didn't know what lied underneath those bandages, and it wasn't time to know, but I was so happy for how I could feel, and I could breathe, and like, I did it. We're on the other side, and on the the day of the surgery, after the day, day after the surgery, I began to see this vision of this girl, like, um, walking through a door, but at the door, at the threshold was, was a, was a trash can. Um, because I did, I think I asked them, could I keep them? (laughs) And he said, no, it's biohazard. You can't keep them. Um, and so, uh, in my vision at the threshold of the door was, it was a trash can. And as I'm approaching, I'm walking towards the trash can, but I'm on crutches, like I'm walking towards the trash can and crutches. But then when I get to the trash can, I like took out the implants, threw them into the trash and the crutches, and then walked through the door. And I could freely just walk through the door. And it just was that image of they served a purpose for a time when I was broken, when I, I couldn't. I couldn't fully see myself or a world beyond myself. I couldn't see a future for myself without this thing happening now at that time, which was to get the implants, to change my body shape. So, but it was done. Those days were over. It was a freeing, freeing, freeing thing. Such a freeing vision and place to be in my life. Okay, so fast forward two weeks later, Maybe it was more like seven days later, you get to unbandage yourself. No, actually, I think it was like two days because you have to change the bandages. It was time to see what we were going to see. And by the way, it was for whatever reason, and I'll just, again, I said I'd be nothing honest with you, but getting the implants in were really easy. Like I got them in and I was back at the gym like 48 hours later. I mean, just doing a light workout and I didn't have any pain. I didn't have any I think I threw up from the anesthesia maybe, but I was fine. Getting them out from me was, I had to have drains and I've never had drains the first time and they were so uncomfortable and just, um, it hurt. Like it, not that it hurt the drains. I'll just put it that way. If you've ever had drains, tear, ugh, yuck. So I had to keep the drains in for a certain amount of time, which is a whole nother, I don't have time to tell you that story. Maybe we'll do a Facebook live about the drains, but oh my gosh. Um, 48 hours after the surgery, I had to change the bandage and this was it. This is where you're going to see what you're going to see. And I unwrapped, took a breath, unwrapped like a mummy. I'm unwrapping myself. And there, there it was. You look in the mirror. And um, here's how I would explain it looking like. Uh, Deflated balloons. (laughs) I mean, come on. Like your skin has been stretched for a certain amount of time. And he didn't, that's why some people go ahead and get lifts or right away. But because we just let the tissue do what it's going to do, it looked deflated, totally deflated. Um, And also... Um, a, a very bruised, very yellow, but I mean, it's just, it looks like somebody took a bat to your chest, <laughs> deflated the skin, wrinkly, and I've never had my skin respond, even after I had babies, like, yeah, it was a little loose, but this was like, whoa, as well as a little concave, if I might say, which makes sense because the implants, even though they were over, or mine were under the muscle, yeah, mine were under the muscle, so 
there was a concaveness because as they came out, they had divoted in a sense into my chest. It is not pretty. And I cried. Rightfully so. But I had mixed emotions because on one hand, I was crying because of what had I done? <laughs> you know, what, what have I done? And the words of that woman came haunting back. You, this is not making someone look beautiful. This is making someone look ugly. What have I done? But in the same breath, as I mourned that, as I mourned that this had to go back to go forward, that sometimes healing looks ugly before it looks restored, right? That on the other breath of the sadness, I was also just relieved. And, and I felt in a way as this, my body is an offering, that this was the sweetest moment. My body is an offering to you, Lord, this. It's like I presented it to him, like worthy of it all. You're worthy. It was holy. I can only tell you it was probably, and I'm just thinking about it, it was one of those moments where you're worth it all, God. I trust you. And my body bears the marks. Willingly bared the mark, like willingly laid down to know that I would, I would kind of have this self-affliction for a while, right? Because I did it to myself in a sense. Of choosing it, but that God would restore it. <sighs> I knew I was going to see something come from this. Something of beauty would come from these ashes. So speaking of, I remember uh, Steph walked with me through this as I had walked with it through her or walked with her through her, her reversal. Um, we had both read something online called something called fluffing because you would ask if you could find people who did have explants at that time what 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 do they look like what do they look like you know what and you might be able to find some before and afters of people and it wasn't bad but all a lot of women uh, called said something happens called fluffing they called it fluffing that you know the tissue regenerates it comes back like it, it will just be patient you know and um get blood flow into that area and it it will fluff, quote unquote. And I remember asking the doctor that, the doctor who removed my implants, is that true? And he kind of looked at me like, I don't know, but I don't think he's done many explants before. I honestly don't think he has. He just said, I, I can't, I can't tell you yes or no with that. But I am here to tell you, friends, it's true. It was true for me. Over time, over time, it took some days and months um, it slowly heals. I'm fascinated by the body. I mean, not fascinated. I am just speechless at times at how the body does regenerate. It wants to reset. It wants to give back whatever's being stolen. It wants to increase blood flow. It wants to put that fatty tissue back where it belongs. It wants to put things back together. And I really believe there's a grace for that for those of us who are believers in Christ because I prayed for it. I asked him, God, restore me to the fullness of my restoration ability for this time in my life. Restore me to the fullest through and through, whatever it would be. Yes, that I wouldn't, you know, that I would have something of feeling feminine, but it didn't have to be much, God. And I'm here to tell you, 
it restored for me. And I, I know this sounds funny, but it's true. And maybe it's just age and menopause or, well, yeah, menopause, women, uh, hormones, having babies. But all said and done, I am, I have more breast tissue than I did prior. So there you go. Oh my gosh, this, I can't believe. Y'all, you know, I'm just so willing to share anything so that you would be free. <sighs> I don't know if any, any church is going to invite me to their main stage to talk about breast implant removal. But that being said, it returned. I got more. I got, I got a portion back is all I have to say. The enemy stole, but I got a portion in return more than I, I had before. And they're mine. And maybe they're not, you know, implants always sit perfectly and there they are very, they're, they're spheres, they're spheres basically in your body. Well, maybe mine aren't spheres anymore, but they're mine and they're what they are supposed to be. Flat as a board and free as a bird. So I'm going to wrap up by just stating a couple things because I think for some people um, right now we see a, there is a rise of people removing breast implants it's actually uh, the amount of implants going in is going down and which is great not in a huge number but there's less less requests for them and explants seem to be going up primarily you're hearing or seeing potentially a lot more conversation or talk about the physical sickness that they can cause uh, the National Institute of Health uh, says that the longer you have breast implants, the more likely it is that complications will occur. So we're seeing more and more of these types of breast implant sickness. Uh, the FDA says that some women with, with breast implants may experience BI illness, breast implant illness, and this is a condition associated with symptoms like chronic fatigue and pain, cognitive impairment or immune problems, lupus, Lyme disease, autoimmune disorders. I mean, which makes sense. Your body, you know, any autoimmune disorder, your body turns against itself to, it's, it's responding to something in your body as if you have a foreign invader in you. And so your body begins to kind of internally attack itself. Uh, I think there's a lot to be said about the things we put in our body that can contribute to autoimmune disorder, whether it's a breast implant or the foods we eat or the stress we have or the movies we watch, which can just feed that stress more and more. We're living under a haze a bit of being disconnected to ourselves. And so we see these kind of sicknesses that go, I don't know why I feel so bad. I seem to be doing all the right things. There's also a cancer of the immune system. It's a rare one, but it's called anaplastic large cell lymphoma. It's a scar, uh, a cancer that can be found in the scar tissue around the implant, which makes, which makes sense again. Um, it's rare, but there are people that are finding uh, that that is happening for them. So did I get my implants out due to any physical sickness? No, I didn't. I, I'm hearing more and more of people that do. Don't hear many that say, I just wanted them out. Maybe because that doesn't make the news, right? <laughs> but I will say, who knows? Perhaps I was going to get sick. 
you know, isn't that kind of the Lord? Perhaps this was going to intrude on my immune system. Perhaps this was going to cause some fatigue and brain fog or things. I, I don't know. I like to think that. I'd like to think he was even that far ahead of me just because he would be that good to route us around danger. Mm. So what should you do if you are, you've been considering, you've been wanting them? You know, I just want to talk to straight to your, your heart in closing for those of you that, you know, it comes, it, it's hard to live in this world with the messages and images we receive without thinking and comparing ourselves and feeling too much or too little in that area. Because as I said, in part one, most women, a lot of women come out of surgery and already have grief of, oh, I didn't go big enough. Oh, I went too big, right? Like the treadmill continues. So what should you do now if you're someone that you've been considering them? By the way, thank you for being brave to listen to this. And I want you to hear, if you get them, we love you. If you get them, God loves you. You can't, you can't do anything to have him turn or leave you or forsake you. But the choices we do make either strengthen our our will and resolve to walk with God or not. So if you're someone that you've been considering them, first thing I would say is pray. Get really honest with the Lord and pray and maybe grieve a little bit. Do something where you go, this is what it feels like for me. Get real honest with the Lord and pray about what it is. I've done some podcasts on limiting beliefs fighting those limiting beliefs it's it's a belief system that we're buying into and we need god's value system on the earth so pray about it the second thing i would say is ask a friend to pray with you now i want to add a caveat ask a free friend a free one a free friend meaning it's a friend who they're going to love you whether you get them love you if you don't get them and if you don't have that friend let us be that friend Listen to more of these podcasts. Get back in the official Revelation Wellness community. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go back there today and you can say, I'm. this is where I am too. And I bet you there will be conversation. You will find friends. Thank God. Facebook, you can DM and become friends. Get phone numbers. Whatever you got to do. We are not without resources, everyone. That is the lie of the enemy to push you and cut you off from the herd. You know, that's the lie of suffering even if it's just mental suffering or torment of feeling like you're ugly or you need to do this, you need to do that, it shames us and puts us away in a box where we're actually meant to draw out and in towards compassion. And if there ever was compassionate, free friends in a community, this is the one. So ask a free friend, find a free friend to just be in prayer with you for it. And on, and I'll tell you what, the next episode I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about um can Christians get cosmetic surgery? Because <laughs> I don't, we're not going to blanket statement this. And I really mean that. I've had friends since who have known my story, are walking with the Lord, and they have had some surgeries. They've heard my story. I've, they know, but they're on their walk. They're walking where they need to go. And again, I'm jumping ahead to the next episode, but we'll talk more, look at it scripturally about these things. It just is not something to lose relationship over. The Lord did not lose it with me, and it wouldn't be worth any, any relationship loss. 
for me with someone else. The greatest of these is love. Love. This is not a, we just can't be every, every person's Holy Spirit. Let them do their walk. But be there for them. Be a friend for them. And know that God is making all things good. And they work out for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, if you are somebody who has them, and you are now considering getting them out, or you've been considering, I would say the same things to you and add a little extra. One, pray. Pray and confess. Get honest before the Lord. I mean, yeah, just get to that honest place. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't have that at the time that I was making these decisions. So that's why I'm saying you have these podcasts, you have this ministry, we're, we're walking with you. And we, we're just cheering you on in your unique design. So you're not, you're not without resource. So pray. Second is, yeah, tell a friend. Tell someone you're considering this. Tell a free friend. <laughs> and then I say to you that God will give you the grace God will give you the grace for the gift that comes with going back to go forward. If you're feeling that, like, I think I've got to undo what I've done. Man, there's such a grace for that. He's so kind. Isn't he so sweet as a father? If you're like, Dad, I made a mistake. He goes, okay, well, let's, how, let's clean that up. What do we need to do? What do you, you know, we, we do go back. Like I said, I had to willingly sign up and put myself under the knife. And then... I have to look at the scene, initial scene, S-C-E-N-E of the crime, S-C-E-N-E, right? When I unbandage myself, but it didn't stay that way. And that's what I have to tell you. It won't stay that way. All things heal. All things. New wine, new wineskin. God can do a new work. Pulling us out of old circumstances, rebuilding ancient ruins, so in closing, I'm going to read a part, a portion of a Instagram post that I made the day that the first podcast came out about getting the implants. And I wrote, my body was never broken, but the way I thought about it certainly was. And just so we're clear, I still have to stay alert every day while taking a firm and wide stance on my freedom living land. It's a spacious place where God and I walk and talk and rule the land together. I rise each day to go to work with him to rebuild ancient ruins and restore the broken walls. It's been humorously said, quote, Mother Teresa didn't have time to worry about the shape of her thighs. She had stuff to do, end quote. I have stuff to do. You have stuff to do. May we stop belly or breast gazing and get on with these good things to do. Shame isn't doing something wrong. Shame is an attack against our God-chosen original design that tries to convince us we are wrong. Wrong body, wrong hair, wrong legs, wrong personality, and on and on it goes. Shame is an evil hope that baits us to jump on the enemy's treadmill going nowhere slowly increasing in speed while chasing after the illusion of perfect anything on a stick. It burns us out so we never get on with our purpose of increasing good. Take your good self out into the world. Be good 
and multiply good. Fill the earth with more good. Subdue it and take dominion, which means to rule. Be the king or queen of your country and your body for the king of kings. We have royal stuff to do. Hashtag get on with it. God, we thank you for this time. I thank you for the story that I get to share, just testimony today, Lord. Thank you that your word says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, that today words of life have been prophesied, words of transforming grace and power are entering your people's hearts today, God. I thank you that it is your will that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, you are good and you are kind and you are patient. You are far more patient and kind than we are to ourselves. And we ask for a greater encounter of that. Meet us, Lord, in our mind, in our body. Come on in and have your way. Give us eyes to see what you see and words to say what you're saying. And may we start with ourselves, God. May we start with ourselves. To see what you see and say what you're saying about ourselves. We love you, Father. You are good. You are sweet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.